0: Jesus House in pursuit of God discovering purpose maximizing potential impacting lives this message is being brought to you from Jesus House London god bless you praise god hallelujah amen when well, we continue on this journey into God's promises. And if you would turn in your Bibles uh, to Exodus, the 34th chapter, I, I want to read verses 5 and 7 of Exodus, the 34th chapter. We're moving on, of course, from um, the incidents that took place uh, with the golden calf. Um, the children of Israel are about to move on. Exodus, the 34th chapter, verses 5 and 7. Now the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there, that's Moses, and proclaimed the name of the Lord. And the Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, and by no means clearing the guilty visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and the children upon the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation today i'm hoping that the spirit of god can give us a revelation of god holy spirit please take complete control we yield and submit to you, Holy Spirit. We ask for your presence upon everyone that is listening. We ask that you will grant utterance to the speaker, Heavenly Father, by your Spirit. We give you all the praise as we reverence you and welcome you, sweet Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Amen. If you wanted a title for the message today, uh, the title, Who Am I?, uh, would suffice. Uh, this is God speaking, uh, God revealing himself by, by his grace to us. In the scriptures we read, God descends in a cloud um, and stands with Moses, and God himself proclaims, declares who he is. It says, and he proclaimed the name of the Lord. The Lord, the Lord himself proclaimed the Lord, the Lord God, and began in a sense to give His credentials, tell us who He is. It was a proclamation by God Himself. It tells us that God wants to reveal Himself to His children. He wants us to know Him. He wants us to have an intimate relationship with Him. I know it's a bit of an oxymoron to talk about knowing God, because how can you fully know God? But to the extent that He reveals Himself to us and continues to reveal Himself to us as we commit to the pursuit of Him and the pursuit of intimacy with Him, God wants us to know Him. Frankly, knowing God should be the primary occupation of every child of God. Because God wants to reveal Himself to us, But also because we understand that, like like the Bible says in the book of Daniel, they that know their God shall be strong and do exploits. At a time like this, with the uncertainty that is around, with the uncertainty about the future, with the fear that pervades society, at a time like this, more than at any other time in my lifetime, knowing God must be your priority and my priority. Paul says in writing to the church at Philippi, in Philippians the third chapter and the tenth verse, and we, 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 we do well to emu- emulate Paul, we do well to follow Paul. The Passion Translation of that scripture says, and I continually long to know the wonders of Jesus more fully and to experience the overflowing power of His resurrection working in me. I will be one with Him in His sufferings, and I I will be one with Him in His death. I pray someone will make a decision today to know God. I pray the Spirit of God will put a desire, a longing in your heart to know Him. Paul says, I continually long to know Him. I pray we will understand That time well spent is time spent with God in pursuit of God. And in prioritizing what we do, we will give the best of our time, the best of ourselves, the quality time that we need to know God. I pray someone will commit themselves to the Word of God. For God's Word is His way of revealing Himself to us. We can't know God without being students. Of the Word of God without committing ourselves to reading studying meditating on and confessing the Word of God I pray that someone listening the Spirit of God will touch you to commit yourself to prayer because it is in our communion with God as we talk to him I say regularly that prayer is the crucible of fellowship with God I pray the scriptures that have become dear to me in this season as we pursue intimacy with God. Ephesians 1 verses 17 to 20, Isaiah 11 verse 2, I pray that those scriptures will become dear and precious to you as you pray them daily into your life. I pray that the Spirit will help us to worship in spirit and in truth, taking us to new dimensions, to new places, new heights, where God can reveal Himself to us. I pray that someone will enter a deeper fellowship with God, by the Spirit of God, so that the, the person can get a revelation of God. God reveals Himself. What is God's revelation of Himself? What does God say about himself? This is not what someone else says. This is what God says about himself. I pray the Spirit of God will open our eyes to see what God or who God says he is. He says, number one, as he introduces himself, he proclaims, The Lord, the Lord God. That is the name Yahweh, his covenant name, by which he revealed himself to the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. As he declares himself the Lord, the Lord God, what is he saying? He's saying, I'm a covenant-keeping God. I will keep my covenant with you. That's the name that sums up all that God is. The unchangeable God, the all-powerful God, the all-knowing God. And you know, it's an, it's a, it takes you to a place of assurance to know that the Lord, the Lord God, Yahweh is fighting for you. You cannot lose. It takes you to a place of confidence in God when you know that Yahweh, the unchangeable God, the all-powerful God, the Lord, the Lord God, is in that situation that looks hopeless. It has to change. Hope comes in. When you realize that Yahweh the Lord, the Lord God brought them through the Red Sea. Then you know that that same God that, you, that is your father, that you are getting a revelation of even now, will take you through your own Red Sea situation. It has to part, not because of you, but because the Lord, the Lord God is with you. When you know that the Lord, the Lord God is with you, when you know that the all-powerful God is with you, you know that you will overcome. God says to you and I that we should receive a revelation of Him as the Lord, the Lord God, the all-powerful, unchangeable, all-knowing, all-seeing God. Number two, how does God reveal Himself? He reveals Himself as the merciful God. The Lord, the Lord God, merciful. You know, if you've ever been in a situation where you have done something and you know that there are consequences for your actions and God has intervened and suspended the consequences, the judgment that should have come as a result of your actions, you will understand the mercy of God. I don't know if you've been there, But I've been there so many times in my life where I have erred, where I have made a mistake, where I've done something I shouldn't have done, where I know what the consequences for those actions are. I know that it should be judged, but I have cried out to God. He has had pity on me, and He has introduced mercy that has held the hand of judgment. Have you been there before? If you have been there before, you will understand mercy. Lamentations, the third chapter, and the 22nd and 23rd verse. The writer says, Through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed. Whose testimony is that? It's my testimony that through the Lord's mercies, I am not consumed. I know I have done enough in my lifetime to have been consumed. But through the Lord's mercies, I am not consumed. You are not consumed. Because His compassions fail not. His compassions fail not. They simply cannot fail. His mercy is His compassion. He is full of compassion. They cannot fail. You cannot make God's compassions fail. His compassions fail not. They are renewed every day. The writer goes on to say, They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. May Yahweh, the Lord, the Lord God, have mercy on you. He goes on to introduce himself as gracious, the gracious God. That outpouring of his grace and favor on a person who is undeserving, what we call unmerited favor. I didn't work for it. You didn't work for it. We don't deserve it. You don't deserve it. I didn't earn it. You didn't earn it. You simply cannot explain it. You just need to have a conversation when we get to heaven with the robber that was on one side of Jesus, hanging on a cross next to Jesus. He had done dastardly things. He deserved to be judged. Heinous acts. A violent human being condemned by men. But with seconds to go for him to cross over into an eternity in hell, he suddenly realizes that it's not a mere man that is hanging next to him. No, it is grace that is hanging next to him. He reaches out to a gracious God that is on a cross who himself is facing excruciating pain for your sin and my sin. But despite his pain, he hears a cry for grace, a cry for mercy. He takes pity on the man. And with seconds to spare, that man would have had an eternity in hell. He declares to the man that grace has been extended to you. You will be with me in heaven. Isn't that your story and my story? That the God we serve is a gracious God. Number four, his long-suffering, slow to anger. If you've ever been around or had a relationship with someone who is quick to anger, you will appreciate long-suffering and slow to anger. And the truth, if we look at our lives, we have done enough to have brought God's wrath upon us. You know, I say to myself, and I say to, to people who, 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 I, who I'm speaking to. I say, if I was God, I would have got angry by now with Aguiruku. Because Aguiruku has done enough to make anybody angry. I have promised, and then I have fallen short. I have said I will not do it again, and then I have done it. I have made vows and forgotten the vows. I have done the things that most of us do, but somehow, God has continued to give a second chance, a third chance, a fourth chance, a fifth chance. And it's not that we take it for granted. On the contrary, we marvel at, as to how long-suffering he is. And it drives us to receive grace and the help of the Spirit to live a life that is pleasing to him. He is long-suffering, slow to anger. But there must be a warning in that, because the Bible does not say forever suffering. And what that means is that there is a point we could possibly reach where we reject the love of God, we reject the compassion of God, we throw away the mercy of God, and there are consequences for our actions. Number five, he's abounding, he says, in goodness. And you know this paints a picture for me abound is a word i love it paints a picture of something that is full it can't be contained in that container and it is overflowing and you know when something is overflowing it's almost like there is no control it can't be stopped from going out it can't be stopped from flowing and all you have to do is be in the vicinity it is going to touch you it's going to affect you That's the picture I get of this God that we serve. Abounding in goodness, overflowing in goodness. He can't help himself. He just wants to bless you. He wants to take care of you. He wants to provide for you. It's his default mode. That's why the psalmist says in Psalm 68 verse 19, Blessed be the Lord who daily loads us with benefits, the God of our salvation, Selah. Blessed be the Lord who daily loads us with benefits. We can't fully understand how much God wants to bless us. We can't fully understand how God's love for us propels him to want good, to do good for you. He can't help himself. He is incapable of doing evil. It it just can't happen. And concerning you, he says concerning you, That you are the apple of his eyes. You are the beloved of him. You are precious in his sight. He just wants to daily load you with benefits. He abounds with good. Frankly, all you have to do is be around him. Good must come your way. Number six, he says about himself, he abounds in truth. And that is who he is, truth everything about him is true and truth. There is no iota of anything that is false or a lie in him. And I love that expression of him because as long as I have Christ in me, then I can counter all the lies of the enemy because when the enemy comes with those lies, The truth is in me and as long as I relate to the truth in me, as long as I'm the branch attached to the vine, the truth in me will counter the lies of the enemy. And so when the enemy tries to plant lies in my heart, all I have to do is remember the truth in me and remember the word of God which is the truth that is revealed for you and I. And I can counter all those lies. So when the enemy says, you are, you, you, you are, I can say, I am not. And when the enemy says, I am not, I can say, I am. Because the truth in me declared to Moses as he introduced himself to him at their first encounter by his name, I am that I am. And the Son of God, who is truth himself, made seven I am declarations in John's Gospel, as to who he was, his deity, his divinity, and his person. And if both my Father and my Savior say, I am, then they expect me also to say, I am. So when Satan says, you are not, I tell him, I am. I am the beloved. I am a conqueror. I am an overcomer. I am a winner. I am destined for greatness. I am the child of God. And that is the truth. Number seven. He introduces himself as a forgiving God. He says, forgiving iniquity, transgressions, and sin. And you know, he could have said, forgiving iniquity. The enemy would come and tell us, well, that's not an iniquity, that's a transgression. He could have said, forgiving sin. The enemy would tell us, well... That's not sin, that's iniquity. So he makes sure that he covers everything. He says about himself that he forgives iniquity, transgression, and sin. And as the Bible says in in, in 1 1 John 1 verse 9, and I'm reading the Amplified Classic Version. He says, The Bible says, if we freely admit that we have sinned and confess our sins, he is faithful and just, true to his own nature and promises. That means that is who he is. He can't help himself. If we admit we have sinned and confess our sins, his faithfulness, And his justness, his nature, and his promises mean that he will forgive our sins, dismiss our lawlessness, and this is the icing on the cake. Because of Jesus Christ, he will continuously cleanse us from all unrighteousness, everything not in conformity to his will, in purpose thought, and action. He will do that. He's the forgiving God. And so, my sister, it is a lie of Satan that keeps bringing back to your memory something that you have brought under the blood, something that you have confessed, and something that you have repented of. Now, remember, repentance is not just saying, I'm sorry, but repentance is, is saying, not just saying, I'm sorry, but I am going to change. God, help me by your spirit to change. I'm not going back to the vomit. I'm determined not to go there. But I know I can't do it in my own strength. So I reach out to the Holy Spirit to help me. God is a forgiving God. Don't let the enemy tell you that lie. That there, is some, there are some sins that are so bad and so deep and so terrible that the blood of Jesus can't wash it away. There is nothing that the blood of Jesus cannot wash away. Number eight, He's a righteous God. He does punish the guilty. He visits the iniquity, he says, as he he drives home this point. He visits the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and the children to the third and fourth generation. Now, we tend to think third and fourth generation means it stops at four generations. But that's, that's, that's the way it was written in, 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 the, in, the, in the Hebrew language to mean it continues. He does punish the guilty. And if not for Jesus Christ we would have to receive the punishment for our sins irrespective of whether we changed our minds or we regretted doing them. The beauty of God is that He retains His righteousness by pouring out His wrath on Jesus Christ, His Son, who became a substitute for you and I took on our guilt at the cross so that God could continue to be righteous whilst at the same time being merciful, being loved as he is, showing us compassion. That's what Jesus Christ did for you and I. So our guilt was put upon him. Our sins he took upon himself. On the cross, he took upon himself the wrath, the anger of God against sin so that you and I can be set free. All his other attributes do not cancel out his righteous nature. That's why Jesus died on the cross to satisfy the righteousness of God. The psalmist echoes a lot of what I have shared with you in Psalms 86, verse 15. But you, O Lord, are a God full of compassion and gracious, long-suffering, and abundant in mercy and truth. God's revelation of himself. And as I come to an end of of this message, if there's anyone who hasn't taken advantage of Jesus Christ as your ransom, the lamb that was slain for your sin, the one who took on the wrath of God, declared himself guilty on your behalf so that your punishment could rest upon him, then you haven't received the free gift of salvation that saves you and sets you free. Well, there's no better time than now if you would open up your heart and welcome Him into it. I'd love the privilege of praying with you if you would do so. So wherever you are, you want to start a relationship with God. This revelation of Him has touched your heart. You want to receive Him as your Lord and Savior. You want to call God your Father. You want to have the right to do so because you have become a member of his family, a child of his. If you would just say this prayer with me, then Jesus, I assure you, will come into your heart. Will you say after me, Heavenly Father, I thank you for this revelation of who you are. Thank you for having mercy upon me. Today, I open up my heart as I give my life to you. I accept your Son, Jesus, as my Lord and Savior. I make a decision to turn away from anything that is sinful as I embrace you as my Father and Jesus as my Lord. Give me the grace. Help me by your spirit to live a life that is pleasing to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. As you've said that prayer, I guarantee you that you are now part of God's family. You will experience him in all these expressions we have described. And as you have said that prayer, the Bible tells us there are celebrations going on in heaven. We also celebrate you here on Earth. What was Moses' response, as I end, when he had this revelation of God? His response was awe. Awed at God's majesty, awed at God's. Or that God could love him in the way that he does. Or that God would would give him another chance. Just awed by God. What is your response and my response? It's the same. The Bible says in Exodus the 34th chapter and the 8th verse, Moses' response to this, So Moses made haste and bowed his head towards the earth and worshipped God. And I'd like you to just... Bow your heads and as I just invoke the Holy Spirit, may he give you utterance, a new song in your heart. May he lead you to declare God's praise. I don't know how you're going to be led to worship God. But wherever you are, let's just spend a few minutes in the presence of God. You might want to lie prostrate as you just remember God's faithfulness, God's mercies, God's compassion. I'd like you to create a sacred moment you might have been distracted once or twice maybe more while I was preaching but for the next minute or two I would really like you to create a special sacred moment for God as you just thank him you might want to stand up and lift holy hands to him you might want to kneel you might want to lie prostrate you might want to sit where you are but what I'm asking is that we give this moment to God that we shut out the rest of the world as we pour out our hearts before him as we just thank him go on just let's begin to do that begin to cast your crowns begin to lie prostrate begin to declare that he is God begin to profess your love to him begin to serenade him serenade the spirit with the words that he has given you go on just declare you don't need a choir you don't need a psalmist it's your own testimony it's your own psalm it's your own story it's your own song you can write a song from your life remember what he did remember how he stepped in remember how he turned it around remember how it was dark but it was the light in darkness remember when you thought it had reached the end but he made a way can't you remember how he made a rivers in the desert can't you remember how he made a way in the wilderness the children of Israel have their own stories their Red Sea story but I have my own Red Sea stories remember what he did for you go and just release those words from your heart as you begin to just thank him and worship him Moses worshipped him the Bible says Moses made haste to worship him let's make haste to worship him for who he is for the revelation of that he has given us let's pour our hearts out in worship and as you do that, I want us to take a step to a higher level. You see, it's one thing to declare his praises when he has done something. But it's another thing entirely to declare his praises when we haven't got it in our hands. But we know that because he has promised it, that it will come to pass. He's not a man that he should lie. nor the son of man that he should change his mind. Can I ask you to step up one level? Can I ask you to step up by faith? Can I ask you to step out of the boat and walk on water? The water of faith as you begin to thank him for that thing that hasn't yet been manifested that thing that hasn't yet come to pass you remember the night he spoke to you the morning he spoke to you the sermon that the word came to you you held on to it now is the time to thank him for that worship him for it worship him for who he is because he is faithful he will bring it to pass lift your voice and begin to declare his faithfulness. Go on, just begin to declare his faithfulness. We know who you are, O oh God. We know who you are. The circumstances can't change it. We know who you are. You are the Lord, the Lord God. You are Yahweh, the unchangeable God. You are the all-powerful God, the all-knowing God. We know who you are. You are the everlasting Father. We know who you are. The circumstances can't change it we know who you are you are the prince of peace we receive your peace we know who you are you are the mighty God we know who you are oh God you fight our battles that battle that I am in now father you are fighting it for me I know who you are You are the commander of the heavenly battalions. I know who you are. You are the God of grace. I receive it. I know who you are. I thank you for being long-suffering with me, O God. I thank you for the truth that fills my mind, for the grace to see the truth in your word and believe it. I counter every lie with those truths, the truth that I have. I know who you are. And Father, I thank you for forgiving me. Father, I remember the times that you should have judged me, but you forgive me. I thank you. Father, I know who you are. Father, you say this is who you are. I say, yes, Lord, we know who you are. We bless you. We stand on the truth of who you are. We stand on the revelation of who you are. And we know, Father that all things will work together for our good because we declare that we love you and we know we are called according to your purpose. We know who you are, Heavenly Father. Father, we just thank you and we bless you. We give you all the praise and all the glory. Why don't you give God a clap offering from wherever you are. Go on, just begin to clap and exalt him with your clap offering. Go on, go on for a few minutes. It's your house. You can do exactly what you want. Go on, begin clapping to God. He receives each clap. Each clap is a praise. Each clap is a a word that glorifies His name. Go on, just begin clapping, 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 clapping as you declare that You are God and we know who You are. Father, we thank You. We give You all the praise and all the glory. Thank You for this revelation. And I pray that the Spirit of God will continue to reveal more and more of God to you. I pray that the Spirit of God will draw you into a deeper and more intimate relationship with God. I pray that your fellowship with the Holy Spirit will reach dimensions that you could never have imagined. I pray that God will unravel himself, pull back the curtains, expose the mysteries of him and his kingdom to you. In Jesus' name. God bless you.